Hi everyone, Happy New Year. The first episode this year is with Matilda Garnis. From not qualifying for the Games in 2021, to going to Madison and finishing top 20, taking second in Dubai and becoming the new functional fitness champion, Matilda has had quite a year. We talk about what changes she made in her life to achieve these milestones, what she learned along the way, and what her goals are for 2023. There's a lot to say, so let's get to it. Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Welcome, Matilda Garnes, to the Europe is Coming podcast. Happy New Year. It is the 2nd of January. How are you? And thank you. Welcome. Um, Firstly, I have to say congratulations, world champ. Thank you. It's so exciting to be talking to you, knowing that you have become a world champion, because you've had the most amazing year, Matilda. I mean, how where can we start? Because this time last year, did you think that you would be going to the games, coming second in Dubai and getting um, becoming the world champion in the international functional fitness. Did you? Did you, Was it just a dream or did you really think you were going to do all of, the, all of those things in such a short time? No, it was not a part of the plan <laughs> or I didn't thought I was going to be uh, here today. So it's been quite a year. Really has. I mean, let's go back um, to 2021 and you had an injury. You were really disappointed. You hadn't made it to the games. There was all kinds of fallout. I think you were having like serious doubts about continuing in CrossFit. What was what was the decision? What decision did you make at that point that has brought you to where you are now? Oh, I think it's a lot of things that has changed after that. I think in 2021, when I didn't manage to qualify and I had a lot of injuries and stuff, I had so much things going on all the time. And I did still work and study and move to Mallorca and... It was just too much things going on in my life. And after the semifinals, I really wanted to quit. Like, I don't know if I'm going to do CrossFit anymore. Um, But then I decided I should try to go all in because I haven't actually tried that. (laughs) So I moved to Oslo and became a full-time athlete. And it's, it's a big difference. Because before that, prior to that, you were studying as a physiotherapist. You were running a business and you were training full time as well. So those, those, I mean, like, basically you needed to drop the studies and stop the business in order to just go all in? No, I finished my study. So I'm, I'm an educated physiotherapist, but I didn't, I, I stopped working as a physiotherapist and I'm not running the business anymore. I'm still a part of it, but I moved to Oslo, another city, um, pretty far away from the from the CrossFit alphabet and uh, started working with a coach who's with me every day and training with the other athletes in Norway, working with uh, Christine as a mental coach and yeah, just have every day is just an athlete life, not an athlete life and a lot of other things like working and stuff. Because, you know, like a lot of people say like embrace the hustle, work hard, you can do it, you can do all these different things. 
I think more and more I'm seeing that actually if you want to become a successful CrossFit athlete, not only do you need to train hard, you also need to recover hard as well, don't you? You need to rest hard. Yeah. You can't just you can't just fill in the other hours of your day with jobs. No. Exactly. That's pretty. It sums up what my biggest change uh, has been the last year because I've always trained hard, but I have haven't recovered hard at all. So that, that's the biggest change in my life, I think. How long did it take you to start noticing improvements once you'd stopped doing the other stuff? Oh, uh, it's hard because at the same time as I moved to Oslo and stopped working, I also had a surgery. So I kind of didn't train as an athlete. I had a, a recovery process for a half a year. Uh, so I think it was at the beginning of this year. No, last year, of course, like January, February, just right before the open and the, the season. That's when I started getting back, back at my old numbers, being almost injury free. And like now I'm, I'm a real athlete and I'm, I'm doing this season and I'm going all in for the CrossFit Games 2022 season. So, yeah, only like one year ago. Um, in that time, did you feel like uh, when you realized that you were going to be so much better at um, being an athlete because of that decision, did you feel regret that you hadn't changed before? Like It's mixed feelings. I think I'm really happy that I finished my my bachelor degree and that I have have a education I can go back to when I'm done doing CrossFit. I think I think it would have been hard like quitting CrossFit and then signing up for like four years of of studies to be a physiotherapist because I know I want to work with health and people when I'm when I'm done competing. So I'm really happy I did and I also did have have a lot of progress while I was studying. So I think it was too soon to be a full-time athlete because I wasn't at at a high enough level uh, to be. So I think it was just in time. Maybe half a year, a year before would have been better. But yeah, it's nothing I can change now. So I'm just happy I I did when I did. Because one of the big things that you've been working on in the last year is obviously your, your mindset with your mental coach, Kristen Holter. And what would you say... In that work, what's the thing that you've really changed that has made you like make the switch from like for example, feeling frustrated with something you, you say now that you have like a, a different approach to it, but how did you go about that? And is everything you do now, can you kind of coach yourself through it or do you still have do you still like struggle with anything? I think I always struggle with some things, both physically and mentally. Uh, I think you do as an athlete. Uh, so you always have to, to work on both the mental stuff and the training, of course. Uh, but I think the biggest change for me has been believing more in myself and to have 100% focus when I have to, like not being everywhere around me. <laughs> That's the biggest change. And of course, there are a lot of small things that both Christine and my coach, Simon, has taught me just like how to attack a workout how to think when you're competing how to which mindset I should have every day at training in different workouts and a game plans and stuff that's the small things that maybe have a big difference but I think the biggest change has definitely been believing more in myself believing that I 
belong in the in the high level in the sport at the games. Let's talk about the games. It was your first CrossFit Games this year. My first CrossFit Games too. Um, it was so exciting to be there and to see you competing because obviously we we know each other from the uh, Mallorca days. Tell me a bit about your experience at the games. Was it was it what you thought it would be like? Were there any surprises? Did you make any friends? It was so many impressions. I think yeah, it was amazing. It was an, an amazing experience and as a crossfit as a crossfit athlete it's like the biggest dream uh, and finally you achieve it but i didn't thought like it, were, it was going to be easy but i thought maybe i would be happy just to qualify like okay i'm i qualified now i just gotta go there and have some fun and and do my best and i'm happy even if i place last but uh, once you achieve one dream you, <laughs> you set new goals so i was, was kind of surprised about how how much I wanted to be even higher up, like already the first year. Uh, but I had a lot of fun. And I think the one thing that surprised me the most was maybe the jet lag. I've never competed af- like outside Europe. So I had so much fun and I enjoyed every second out on the competition floor. But at the same time, I struggled a bit with having my, my old uh, Matilda back on the floor because I struggle a bit with the energy and, and like competing when it's in the middle of the night in Norway and the sleeping part. And like I wish I had the same body as I had in the semifinals, for example. But that's the same for all the athletes in Europe or uh, that's not from the States. So I guess I just have to be used to it. And I wasn't prepared enough. And that was it was better at the Rogue and then in Mexico. So I think you live and you learn and you you know how to handle the jet lag and the heat and the time zone difference. So, But I wish I had that experience before the Games. What, um, what was your favorite event at the Games? Which one sticks in your memory? The first one. The bike? Yeah. Why? It was just something special with the, with the event. It was the first event ever for me at the Games. So it just was like, wow, I'm really here. It's big. And seeing all the people just competing next to all the big athletes that has been role models the past years. So I think no matter which workout that was... Just the first workout gave me some extra goosebumps. And also, I've been really afraid of biking after my accident in Mallorca, as you you know. So it was just a good redemption for myself, being on the bike and not being afraid of falling. Uh, because I, I really hadn't biked anything for like one year <laughs> or after the, the accident. And also, I was the first athlete off the toaster bar. Yes, girl. Well done. That was just... It was like, wow, is this happening? And it was maybe not the best game plan, but it it felt kind of cool. <laughs> it was my first workout, my first movement, and I was just running right before Tia Claire, and it was yeah, it felt kind of surreal being there. It got really confusing watching the bike. How many times you guys went around? You know, a couple of uh, of the men got caught by that, didn't they? But and it it, it was quite a long event to start with as well. That bike, that cycling took quite a long time. Yeah, it was a long time. It was many, many rounds. I was lying in the grass, um, like on the bottom of a hill, waiting for you guys. For each time everybody came around and taking pictures of you all looking really determined. There's probably got some of you. You saw me. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what about the rest of the week? How did you How did you cope with like such a? I mean, it's like the longest event that you've ever done, like the like five six day long competition. Was it something? Was that the first one you've done like that? Yeah, it was. I've done some 
like yeah, three or four days before the games. So it was the longest I've been. And uh, but I like it. Um, I think I recovered pretty good. So I remember the last day. I was like, oh, I wish there was one more day. <laughs> and like, I'm, I'm not. I have to train before I start the day before a competition because I need to get started, kind of. So longer events is good for me, and longer competitions is also good for me. I think. So I, I enjoyed it. Well, that's good that you've learned that about yourself. I mean, this year, hopefully, I'm assuming that your your goal, at least one of your goals, is to find yourself back in the states for the games. What will you? What will your plan be different to? Will you? Will you try to arrive earlier to kind of get used to the jet lag, or what will you do? Yeah, definitely. So, of course, the the main goal for this season is to qualify for the games again, and of course, do good at the games. <laughs> so, I don't want to travel over there just to be there and experience the same jet lag feeling again. So, my plan is to travel a bit earlier, and I've looked into maybe going after the semifinals and just stay for a couple of months before the games or at least maybe one month before instead of 10 14 days i think i managed to to get used to the time zone and uh, and the heat like maybe in the middle of the games but still i have used so much energy to actually get used to the the heat and the and the time zone the last week before and you should recover the last week before a competition not get tired so I think it's it's good for me to do that earlier like did you find that the the weather was draining you because it's so different every day it was it was like one day we had all of that rain and loads of storms and then it and then it did get hotter through the week but I mean the weather was quite changeable I found was that an effect on you as well I think it was maybe mostly at the pre-camp because then it was really warm uh, and we traveled straight from Norway, where it's pretty cold, <laughs> even in the summer. So it was more the pre-camp when I slept a bit bad, and it was also really, really warm, and I got dehydrated, that uh, I lost some energy during the games. It was actually not too bad. Of course, when it's when it's really warm, it's it's hard for everyone because you sweat a lot and you have to drink a lot. And but it, I think some years it it has been much worse the warm at the games so this year too warm the um i remember the year uh, watching it obviously not being there but the year that murph happened and so many people were exactly is that the one you're thinking about yeah so many people collapsing and yeah it was that looked like a mess but ca- the capital event that had a uh, that had the potential to do quite a lot of damage to people with um, with dehydration issues as well, didn't it? How did you cope with that? Oh, that was uh, I started the capital event with an injury in my back on the pig flip, so it was <laughs> um, I got stuck under the pig kind of, so I just had to finish in a pretty low intensity on the running. I like switch between jogging and walking because everyone had to finish the event uh, to continue the games it was no time cap but I think for the guys that pushed really really hard like ran as fast as they could the the warm was probably affecting them a lot and of course me too because it was really warm and it was a long event and you couldn't you didn't have any water or something you could bring so it was warm, but it was a such a cool event. Like if I hadn't before I I had that pain in my back, I that was my favorite event. Just looking at the paper because I love longer events and I'm pretty good at running and strongman. So 
I'm not too light to the strongman, but I'm not too heavy to run good. So it was a perfect mix for me. So I hope uh, there will be something similar next week, next year. Me too. I mean, I, I don't think they could ever, they can't, They can, I don't think that there's any way of replicating the extraordinary kind of crowd involvement and the the epicness of it. But it, cause it, but also like from a spectator's point of view, it was kind of confusing because you couldn't be in all of the places at the the same time you know it was hard to kind of hard to really appreciate the the complexity of the event I mean I didn't see any of the pig flip because I'm I was at the capital at the actual end point taking pictures there because you couldn't be in both places at the same time so I had no idea that you'd hurt your back it's a I can't imagine what Buzz will come up with this year, but I mean, I was, I really enjoyed that event from a, it was exciting and sexy to take pictures of as well. Like the incredible, um, the jerry cans and the big pizza, the, um, big, um, I don't remember the, what they call it, the whole, do you remember the name? The Husafel. That's it, the Husafel. Um, all of that looked just like almost Greek. You guys all look like Greek gods carrying these heavy stuff around, you know, the incredible glistening muscular bodies doing amazing stuff. So from a spectator's point of view, it was um, amazing. Yeah, but it, it was that for me as well. Of course, it, it's hard uh, having, having pain, but it was such a cool event anyway. So like seeing all the people there and people shared, it was really cool. So are you, uh, did you suffer then during the games from kind of frustration that you weren't higher up on the leaderboard? Because you did very well in your rookie year. Did you have moments where you were angry with yourself or frustrated? Yeah, <laughs> I had. My goal was to like to place top 20 uh, and I did. And to like do my best, have fun the first year, get the experience. And I did my, my best with what I had. Uh, but I think I wasn't prepared that I would do so good in some events and so, so bad in some other events. Because I didn't have almost like any events where I did place like in the middle of the leaderboard. So it was just a big roller coaster the whole weekend because... At one point, I was like, oh, I'm top top 10. The bike and the ring was left. And I didn't expect to be up there on the leaderboard. And then suddenly I was like placing last or from 30 to 40. And I kind of wasn't expecting to be that bad at something either. So it was just like so many ups and downs. I was maybe expecting to just place in the middle of of the leaderboard on almost everything because I have some big holes and I have some really good strengths but I didn't think it was it would affect the the performance that much so it was kind of frustrating during the games but also I'm happy that I I have some really good strengths and some but I, I know if I work on my biggest weaknesses, I can climb uh, a lot on the leaderboard and do do much better instead of having to having to work on everything. So yeah, it's uh, mixed feelings about that also. But and in the moment, did you suffer? Did you feel like you were suffering because of that, or did you find a way to talk yourself out of it so that you kind of moved on into the next event without without feeling frustrated with yourself? I managed to move to the next event every time actually because yeah it was more like straight after the event or during or and then I always I always managed to start over and just focus on the next one who was in your corner in backstage who did you have there taking care of you supporting you handing you food who was your who who were your team 
my I don't have a really big team, but my coach uh, Simon, he's uh, he's like helping me with everything. <laughs> so I feel kind of sorry for him sometimes <laughs> because he's not only a coach, uh, but also helping me with the mental stuff together with Christine. And he's he, he's braiding my hair, <laughs> and if I cry, he has to cry with me. He's braiding your hair, good man. I know. Your hair is hard to plait. I tried it. It's very silky. He's He's got good hands. He learned just before the games, just in time. What a good guy. So it's a pretty small team, but it's a really good team. He's he's not only a good coach, but also a really good friend and braider. And um, he knows how to handle me if I if I struggle with the mental stuff. And uh, Christian Holter is also amazing um, to have, especially mentally. And also as a training partner, she's learned me so much. And during the games, I talked a bit with her over the phone mostly because she had uh, the coaches pass for one of the teams from CrossFit Oslo so it was hard she was always busy when when I was available but definitely a good supportive anyways during the games also just knowing that she was there that I could I could call her or could send her a text or meet her in the in the evenings if there was something I wanted to talk about but uh, but Simon was the main main uh, my person kind of because so I think that I mean that those sorts of people they have to be so good at diplomatically kicking your ass when you need it and knowing when to pull back when to leave you when to push you I mean I was watching um I w- obviously I watched um other coaches coaching like the guys from the program and other coaches as well people like um uh for example I spoke to Emma McQuaid and she had Sam Briggs in her corner along with her actual coach she had Sam like basically handing her food and giving her a kick up the butt when she needed one and that's like there's such a like a delicate balance there isn't there because there's so much so many things go into good performance on the day yeah absolutely so has Simon been traveling with you to the other competitions that you've been doing this year or last year now? Yeah, he's been um, together with me on all the competitions except Madrid, when, but that was a team competition. So he was with me to Rogue, Dubai and Mexico. So you've had a very successful year. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 extraordinary to, to think that you came second in Dubai straight after... You went the games, then Madrid, then Rogue, then Dubai, then the fitness championships. You haven't really taken any time off, Matilda. No. Did you suffer with that? Yeah, actually I did. It's been quite a year and it's been amazing to experience everything and have the uh, the competition experience and the travels and everything. And, and we have managed to do some off-season training, like I haven't. I have still worked on my weakness and strength instead of um, focusing 100% on the competitions, but uh, but it's been a bit too much. And now when I finally got to relax, I I could definitely feel that I I needed to relax for for some months. So I decided to skip Miami, and now I have this half a year just training, recovering. Uh, no travels, no jet lag, and just focusing 100% on the semi-final to get back to the games. So it, it's hard to find a balance. I definitely needed some competition experience after COVID, and I haven't actually done that many competitions individually before, because before COVID, I was on the program team, and we mostly 
team competitions when it was sanctionals in 2020. So I'm happy I did, but I'm also happy I stopped in time because I I really needed it now. And I still haven't got back into training because I was a bit overtrained, but not too much that I that I have to struggle for a longer time. Yeah, you need an, um, to almost as well reflect on your successes, I think. If you just keep running at it like a train, then you're not giving yourself the time to enjoy that, you know, that position that you've got now. You're a top athlete. That's a, that's a, something that you possibly need a bit more time to kind of absorb. Especially since it was my rookie year. I feel like I haven't actually had the time to reflect and set new goals almost. So yeah, but I'm really happy about this year, of course. And uh, I'm okay now. I'm just, I just decided to, to focus on the training from January now. Do you feel satisfied then? Like that's a good decision. You're not going to suddenly change your mind and show up in Miami in two weeks' time, are you? I'm, I'm that kind of person that I could, but no, I'm really satisfied and I'm, I'm really happy I did decide pretty early, uh, actually before Dubai, because I could almost, I could already feel it back then that, okay, this is going to be a bit too much. Uh, and I think that I made that decision made me just yeah better at the competition in December. And also it was easier to actually relax during the Christmas and, and take a, a really good holiday. Like if I, if I was going to be in Miami in 10, one week, 10 days, it would have been hard to just sleep eat and uh, and just recover this christmas then i would have been stressed that i had to train and so i'm, I'm happy about the decision yeah. are you staying with are you with your mum and dad in norway are you at home tell me a bit about where you grew up and where where they live uh, they live in pretty small town, pretty north in uh, Norway, north Norway. It's called Morsan. It's I don't know how many people who live there, maybe ten thousand. Um, so a cozy place. It's cold. Uh, they don't have a CrossFit box, <laughs> but I grew up with uh, with sports. Uh, just um, both my mom and my dad and my brother has always been uh, doing different kind of sports and training and healthy so did a lot of other things like football handball and what is the town what's the town famous for is it famous for anything i don't think so <laughs> so it's just it's, i mean I, I imagine it's got lots of trees and snow is that would be that would that be fair like a lot of mountains uh, nice places to go cross-country skiing and in the summer also nice coastline and and mountains uh, yeah and if you were, if we were going out for um, a meal in your hometown, where would we go? What would we eat? They have a really good um, kebab. Is it called that in kebab? No, it's maybe just called that in Norway. What is the food? Or maybe a good uh, good steak or something. Uh, I actually don't go out to eat that often here because my mom is making so good food. <laughs> No, I was eating home. Uh, but uh, yeah, they have uh, a lot of different places. And what do your family think about your success? They are, are really proud and really supportive uh, and also a bit uh, worried, of course, since it's a big roller coaster. They are worried that I won't, won't be happy if I perform bad or don't reach my goals or get injured. But also they are really supportive and happy when things go good or, or like in bad or good times uh, when I got home straight before Christmas everyone was at the train station with Norwegian flags I think it would have been really hard to me for me to to go all in as a full-time athlete if, if uh, my family wasn't supportive so they it's amazing how they support me 
every time and they visit a lot in Oslo since I can't travel home that often and yeah so I really appreciate it. Another thing that happened last year was that you, you you started to gather more sponsors. I noticed that you got Hustle, which is very cool, and you're also um, quite a, a big deal for Noco, I imagine. Now we, um, I mean, as it as a as a professional athlete, what is your advice for other athletes who are maybe trying to make that switch from working? And going and then going all in. What would you say is the the thing that they really have to concentrate on in order to make the change? Oh, I think it's hard. I think some sponsor appreciate you just being good at social media stuff, and if you compete with their logo and stuff. And I wish I could say that it was just that easy to just be good at Instagram. And because I got some sponsor before I qualified for the games, but for me it was like when I qualified, I could live with it. And so you just have to keep on working. And I think it's a, you have to have a balance of being good at Instagram and posting things. But also, I think it's easier to get sponsors if you perform good. So if being good on Instagram and filming stuff and taking picture and pictures during training uh, interrupts your recovery and your training sessions, that's not good either because then you won't get better and you won't be good enough that sponsor sponsors will pay you it's a, it's a nice balance and i think maybe get some help find a manager or something i it's hard to sell yourself so it's much easier if a manager can contact sponsors for you and kind of write something about the athletes performances and stuff because it's hard doing that for yourself it's just you don't want us it's hard like I can say like, hello, my name is Matilda. I'm good at CrossFit. It's like, <laughs> it's awkward. Do you have a manager, Matilda? Yeah, I do. Who's your manager? It's also Simon. <laughs> poor Simon. Uh, yeah, poor Simon. He he helps me with that. And um, it's been really helpful the last year, just having him to fix the those kind of stuff. And also just during the competitions and stuff, he knows if I have to take picture with the knock or anything he he just he remembers to do it like I don't have to do it myself and he just take up the phones phone during training and do some recording and it's easier and it's also nice that he's in Norway that my Norwegian sponsor we can actually have a have a meeting and he can join Hmm. that's really helpful let's talk a bit about the phenomena that is the Norwegian CrossFit athlete because you guys are like a gang there's something going on that seems to be very special to Norway you you have such an incredible uh success rate as as athletes what is it that that what is it that is separating you guys from other European countries. I think uh, like Kristin Holte has kind of led the way for all of us. So I feel like she she managed to like gather everyone at the same gym. Or yeah, she she led the way. And now after she retired, she she helps us athletes. And it's just a really nice team with like all the athletes has also moved to CrossFit Oslo. So all the, the best athletes in Norway are training at the same gym. And just having having people you meet every day with the same goal in mind, same not only they not they not only want to train hard, but they also want to eat good, recover hard, doing good warm-ups, being injury-free, doing all the boring stuff. Uh, it's really motivating. And we also have a really good supportive team around us with a lot of good coaches. 
like Simon, who's my coach, and we have uh, Joachim Rigg, who's who was Kristin's coach. Uh, he's coaching a lot of the other athletes. And um, Magnus, it's a lot of, it's just a really good team. And also with the Functional Fitness Federation, uh, we have a national team uh, with te- 10 athletes, five uh, women, five men. Um, even though Functional Fitness isn't that big, in in the sport yet it's it's a big thing in norway and the support we get from the federation and we have an insurance we have physiotherapists coaches um i think it has improved our training environment a lot the last year uh, so it's just uh, a really good athletes community in and it's a healthy one it's not like we're competitors it it feels like we are one big team who wants to beat the rest of the world. I know. It's Norway. Yeah, go on, Norway. <laughs> Watch out. The um, the thing I wanted to ask you is that there seems to be loads of great girls, but who, I don't know so many of the boys. Which Norwegian men should I be looking out for? Who's coming up that is going to hit the scene hard this year? It's some uh, some young and upcoming guys also. Uh, I think um, Victor, he got third in the functional fitness worlds individually he just started he's really young like 20 or something i think he can be really good and i i think he's one of the guys that maybe can make it to the games one year or not maybe i'm i'm, I'm pretty sure should we put a bet on yeah i'll put a bet on him uh, really good. um and other guys on the national team there are some new guys that are, are younger you know you probably know nikolai billa and avin that's on the crossfit also navy blue team they are really good but they're they have been doing crossfit for a while and maybe i don't think they have so many years left uh, but i definitely think they will manage the first place on the team division this year so they still have some years that we we should have our eyes open for them uh, but that's on a team only i think they are pretty they have decided to only go go for team i think and then we have uh, um henrik negor who was competing with me in madrid on the team and he was also at the games last year on the other or the crossfit also purple red team and he's going team this year as well but i think he and victor really wants to qualify individually one year and both are pretty young and really want to go all in as an athlete so definitely have your eyes open for them because of your experience as a team member before and then going individual what advice would you give these guys when they make the switch because like being in a team and then being on your on your own it's it's two very different experiences isn't it yeah it's really different actually I think having the experience from a team first might be just really good. Like especially when you're you're training with with other three other athletes who also wants to be really good. Um, but also I think it's hard to if they have team trainings the whole season. It's hard to work enough on the individual stuff. So I think you have to kind of make a plan together with your team, especially if the other teammates also want to go individually one day. And I think the biggest difference is probably mentally you you're doing everything by yourself and I even if I feel I have a team around me with um, Simon and Kristin and just my family and you're still you're out there on your own and you have to run to the finish line alone and when you're running to the finish line you know if it if it's been a good or bad event and a good or bad performance and you have to kind of you have to deal with the disappointment all alone on your way to the finish line 
and you have to celebrate alone if you're doing really good. And that's maybe the, the, um, the biggest difference, I think. Like in Madrid, when I was running to the finish line, when we did really good and you're celebrating with three other that are as happy as you, it's just, it's so amazing because you are there together. And it's the same when you're not happy with your performance. It's kind of easier, but I, I love both. So it's a big difference, but I love both. I love competing as a team and I love competing individually. It's just a big difference. Now we're looking at uh, 23 you said that you're working on your your weaknesses in the in this period now um what what would you say are your weaknesses i i i thought that you said that your weakness was strength but i also know that you won the strength event at the at world so define that weakness please it's um it's maybe leg strength we can say <laughs> so i can do power cleans and power snatches and actually like normal snatches pretty good i'm still m- maybe one of the weak- weakest uh, of course uh, if we compare to games but it's it's mostly the leg strength like my my squat strength so squat cleans front squat back squats thrusters everything that when you have to go deep in the squat that's uh, the biggest weakness and strict handstand push-ups oh okay strict handstand push-ups and squats so I can see your training program between now and 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 June. Simon doesn't have to uh, to surprise you too much with any new workouts then. Does so apart from your goal to get back to the games this year, have you set yourself any new year's resolutions or any any performance goals this year that you want to achieve that you want to tell me about? Right now it's uh, I feel like all my my eyes are on the games 2023. And I haven't decided what to do in the off season, so I don't have any specific goals. But I really want to go at least to one off season competition and try to make it um, on the podium. Other from that, I think just it was my first year being a full time athlete, and now I know how it is, kind of. So I want to just have good routines, maybe do more mobility and sleep more. And just some small things that I think can make a big difference in total. But it's it's games was the biggest uh, goal. So if you've got to um, book a flight for Berlin and book a flight for Madison, I'd do it soon because the prices are still pretty good. Yeah, you should just book just book them flight so that you've got yeah. it locked in. Yeah, that's uh, that's a good idea. Maybe not like it's hard just booking a flight to Madison because you never know if you qualify. I think it's a good bet though. I think it's a good bet, Matilda. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, me too. Maybe if I do, um, like then I get even more motivated if that's even possible because I'm probably enough motivated already. <laughs> Well, I'm going to see you in Berlin, I'm sure. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be the semi-final to end all semi-finals, like everybody in the same place at the same time. I won't know where to look. It'll be so exciting. So many people there. Um, and thank you so much for spending time with me today. I know you are like, interfering with your family time, so very grateful that you could chat with me. I'm so happy for you that you had such a great year and have another great year. Thank you. I hope so. And it's always nice talking to you, Nikki. Thank you, Matilda. What a great way to start the year. This episode was hosted by me, Vicky McLeod, and edited by Marta Candel. Please do hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to this and share us with your friends. It helps the show to grow. 
Until next time, thanks for listening and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.